sitting here looking at each other. I'm just waiting for you to make the first move. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. Are you excited for that Whitney Houston biopic coming out? Oh, I don't have my hopes, Christmas season. Can we have a little Whitney? Can we do a little Whitney? Who doesn't want a little Whitney every day? You know, I, I'm I'm not super into the music biopic as a form anymore, especially when the though, right? when the trailer advertises from the writer of Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, I don't know, but no. but like you know, the actress playing Whitney looks good. They got Stanley Tucci playing Clive Davis, which is you know uh, pretty good. good. You know, I think probably the deal here is there's so many great documentaries about Whitney Houston. Yeah. That we don't need this. I'm gonna I'm gonna stretch and say we don't need this. Well, we'll see. You know, we'll, well see. I'll, I'll, watch, I'll, I'll, watch, I'll watch it. it. I'll I'll, watch I'm it. gonna keep an open mind. Uh, I'll probably see it this holiday season because uh, you know it's Whitney a movie. at the holidays. You know, if the preacher's wife doesn't do it for you, here you go. That's right. But anyway, this is not a Whitney Houston podcast or That's a Christmas right. podcast. This is a podcast about movies, movies of all kinds, not just the Whitney Houston kind. That's so right. let's uh, let's talk about. It. I'm Rachel Morgan. Uh, what's up, Ding Dongs? I'm Corey Kraft. Oh my gosh. Okay. I mean, we're we're talking about movies. I just want to say hello a, to the audience to say, a, yeah. you know, okay. Okay. What's this? I did like a Robin Thicke kind of approach. <laughs> I was gonna say that's like a um, a, a, a spare tire that you've put on your car without realizing that it too was flat. I always dare people to do that karaoke. Because it would be the most awkward moment in the room when you're just sitting there with the microphone like, lost without you. It's very weird. It's very, very weird. Oh, okay. I got one for you. All right. And not a Robin Thicke movie song. I would be hopeless with that. I only know the one song that's like creepy and rapey. That's the only Robin Thicke. Oh, and you think lost without you? You just, you'd heard. I don't know that song. There you go. It's. It's also a bit creepy, maybe not as rapey, but I don't know. I don't know what he's getting at there. All right, so here's the deal. There's a man in a room. In the room, there's a grand piano. Uh-huh. You know what it is, yeah? No. He he's holding what looks to be and I'm writing this as, I'm writing this as I'm watching. Okay? okay. So I don't know where we are in the film. Just drop us in there. You're going to try to guess it. Uh looks to be a bottle of wine. It's really shadowy, so I can't tell. Uh. Like sh- Talking to himself. Kind of, kind of talk. Just let it, let that lay where it is. Kind of talking to himself, and he's giving a speech about some bullshit: veterans and freedom. Veterans and freedom. Veterans and freedom. Okay. And then I I wrote, "Oh, it's champagne." Okay. Cut to him running a bath, and it looks like, from what I can see, actually this looks to be a hotel, Hmm. like a fancy hotel. Mm -hmm. The towels look like they've got a crest on them. Sure. Okay. And then. Well, I kind of, at this point, I've got to kind of reveal the thing I've been trying to keep from you. Because it cuts to him and him in this bathroom and in a bathtub with a dog. With a dog. With a German shepherd, or what looks to be a German shepherd. And he's sudsing up this German shepherd. This is the movie Dog, starring Channing Tatum. Starring and co-directed by Channing Tatum. I think that's fair, even though I said the word dog, the fucking name of the movie is Dog. What can I do? It, 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 he's a hunky man in a bathtub with a dog, which that is not okay. What? Why is that not okay? He got, just got done talking about how nasty and stinky the dog is, and he's soaking his balls in the bathtub with the dog. I just feel like that's wrong. Yeah, but there's soap in there. Mm. You got to clean the dog, and the best way to clean the dog, I guess, is to get in there with the dog. Ugh. I don't know. I'm, I don't have a dog. Have you seen this film? Yeah. It's all right. Is it? Yeah. It's, I heard it's, it's weird propaganda. 
I mean, it's not. Is it Trump? No, he's kind of he's kind of playing like this conservative veteran who has this some sort like of like a Trump movie. Okay, the dog? let me finish. First of all, um, also dogs don't <laughs> equal pro Trump. I'm kind of baffled by I that. I feel like this dog this dog looks like a Trumper. Well, okay, am so, I wrong? So this dog looks like a fucking Trumper. Sort of. So so he's a veteran. He's got um, you know, emotional and psychological issues stemming from his service. The dog is a former. Yeah. combat dog who is also struggling to adjust to civilian life to such a degree that like they're he's taking the dog across country for the funeral of the dog's former handler who was a veteran this sounds like this could be took his own life yay america probably and handled. on the way you know he, he's been ordered by his superior superior officers to you know, after the funeral, take the dog to the military base where they will put the dog down. Oh. And so... I don't like that Because the part. dog is too dangerous. But on the way, of course, they heal one another. Oh, my they, they God. They get to know one another, and, and, you know, Channing Tatum has to realize, like, how to talk with the dog and how to interact with the dog. And in doing so, he finds some, you know, more inner peace. I don't think it's a capital C conservative movie. It does have some elements because he's playing, you know, a, a soldier who has some debates about soldier stuff in scenes in the movie, but it, you know, it's, it's nice. It's not great. It's fine. It's just, you know, a sweet movie with a guy and a dog and the dog is good. It's good. I feel like this is high concept because I feel like all you have to do is say, you know, dog and hunky Channing Tatum. And people are like, yes, we'll write you. Well, I think that's why ultimately the movie was kind of a modest hit when it came out earlier this year. Because people just want to see Channing Tatum in a bathtub with a dog. Is his shirt off? Is there a dog? Great. People are going to throw money at that. Um, But but it has, you know, substance to it beyond just being about a dog. Okay. Well, let me tell you, I did a little research just very briefly on whether or not this was a German Shepherd because I didn't want to misstep on this because people get real crazy about the dog breeds and all this, right? And what I discovered is it's actually a Belgian Shepherd. And I had no idea the difference, but specifically a Belgian, I'm going to try to say it, uh, a Belgian Lunois. Sure. Malunois. Excuse me. A Belgian Malunois. Just so you know. Sounds cute. I have cats. We fished them out of the garbage. Mm-hmm. They, there's no sort of breed. Yeah. They're not Belgian Malunois. No, they're just little trash goblins. Yeah. Well, so is Channing Tatum. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. Well, Rachel, what have you been watching lately? Oh my gosh! Well, I told you, I told you, I was on an airplane ride. That's right. You watched the Eyes of yes. Tammy Faye, which, if I'm remembering correctly, you loved and thought was great. Did oh, I get that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to listen uh, back to the on, tape. Spot on. Okay. Spot on. I watched a couple things. Okay. And one of which was get ready for it. There weren't a lot of choices on this flight. <laughs> uh oh. The Kardashians. What? I did. I watched. You had other choices. There were certainly other choices. But when you're on the airplane and you're like, what fodder can I look at that's going to keep me semi entertained while I also am gripping the armrest here because I'm terrified of this turbulence? The Kardashians feel like the last thing you watch is an American before you die. So I put the, <laughs> so I put that on, and I have to tell you, I was I love part of what I love about watching a show like this is I really try to sit back and think just as academic as academically as I possibly can about watching something, and uh, and I know nothing about these human beings, but now I know so much. 
And the first 10 minutes of the show is this weird zooming camera, almost like a drone, zooming in and out of the houses. This house, all the houses look the same. Sure. All of this, I'm so sorry to say this, but all of the young women look the same now. Yeah. And the mom looks a little like them. Yeah. And then there's the men's. And they, the men's do look different. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't have a lot to bring you here. Um, there's a lot. <laughs> oh, of, you don't say. There's, there's not a, a lot of substance. <laughs> there's a lot of focus on Kim K's Saturday Night Live moment. Sure. There's a lot of focus on uh, some infighting with the one man that was dating the one sister, and now she's um, getting married to the drummer man from Blink-182. Sure. And the two of them, in any given scene in which they're in, they're basically having finger sex. Like every, and, What? <laughs> yeah, I'm, listen, go watch it. I'm not joking. I'm not going to watch this. What, like, what, do they have like a blanket over their laps like a bunch much, of teenagers? Pretty much. It's In every scene, It's if they're in it, there's some high-level makeout happening that feels very awkward in front of your mom, even though I guess this is a family in which the empire is built on a sex tape that and, you know, some OJ money that was you know in his defense. Yeah, that's true. Um, and probably some other defense money as well. But point is, is that, yeah, it's, there's not a whole lot for me to tell you here. Are you shocked? No, not I'm not. All. I'm not shocked. Um, I've never watched any of these television programs everything i know about the kardashians has been delivered to me against my will um and whatever you know let them live their lives i just would rather not know yeah about it. it accelerates to a point where i don't know if you know this or not but kim kardashian is an attorney she does pass the bar and there is a moment where she is talking very earnestly about uh-huh. the death row inmate that she right. is representing. And she, and, you know, in recent years has done a lot of advocacy on behalf yes. of death row inmates, which is an, a, an objectively admirable thing. It is. But I had to pause it because there is something really surreal about the shot of her on a Zoom call with this man who is literally like 48 hours away from the electric chair. Uh-huh. But I'm just like, ee, can we find him somebody else? I'm sorry. I don't want to underestimate her based on, you know, every fucking thing I know and have seen and decisions like marrying Kanye West. But maybe we should get somebody else in the room here. I don't know. Well, she certainly had the ear of Donald Trump. That's a good point. Maybe I'm being unfair and maybe I'm being, you know, very basic here when I look at that Zoom call and get uncomfortable. But don't get, you know, don't don't (laughs) Don't sell yourself short because – there's a reason why she had the ear of that's, Donald Trump, yeah, and right. I don't think it has to do with her prowess in practicing yeah, the that's law. Right. Um, so, yeah, I watched that. I it, it was actually I did laugh out loud at several things, probably not appropriately, um, but I did enjoy myself a bit, and I did think, boy, this this actually does pass the time. You somehow I can get pretty wrapped up pretty quickly in these people's lives who I just don't care anything about. Uh, and then I can shut it off and, uh, again, continue with my life and not care. Uh, so I I actually recommend it for when you're wanting to watch something on an airplane. And then I watched something else. Okay. That is a little better than this. Uh, life After Beth. Have you seen it? No. This Episodic. is the, the Amy Schumer Hulu show. Yes. And I was inspired because Amy Schumer actually gives Kim Kardashian some advice on the Kardashian reality show when she's going on uh-huh. SNL. Advice that Kim K doesn't follow. 
Sure. Uh, but it was fun to see Amy Schumer. I kind of agree with Amy Schumer on all her advice, and uh, it was fun to kind of see her riffing back and forth with Kim Kardashian. That scene was actually kind of fun. But uh, so Life After Beth, the premise here being a woman who – I think the inciting incident is basically she's breaking up with her boyfriend of 10 years. Yeah. And um, and then I don't want to give away anything because it's a couple of episodes in before the other sort of perpetuating rising action sort of moment happens. Uh-huh. It's not really the inciting incident because we're a little past that. But it's sort of a second tier inciting incident. Um, and it follows her through this changing period of her life. And it it's there was a lot of funny stuff at first. It was awkward. Some awkward stuff, some funny stuff. That all seems to track with, with, with Schumer. With Schumer, yeah. And so I can tolerate the awkward stuff more than a lot of people who I know don't really like her. So I could tolerate that. And I'm also one who can kind of go, oh, you, that didn't really hit, but the next thing might. I, I laughed a good bit and found myself wanting to watch more. But around episode three or four, and I haven't seen the whole series uh-huh. yet because, I, again, I was on the plane back and forth. Um, uh, and so I didn't you know, kind of watch what I could watch. But I am finding myself wanting to see the last few episodes. So I'd say about <clears throat> episode three or four, something interesting happens. And then episode five is a little – I think it's episode four or five is a little weird. And I mm. uh, kind of went off the rails a bit for me. But – more importantly, epi- around episode three or four, something interesting happens, and I, it, I haven't. It, it's really there's some expression of what I would call relationship trauma uh-huh. that is incredibly well written, and this is indeed written by Amy Schumer based on characters created by Amy Schumer. This is all her EPing it, producing it, the whole thing. And I and I think sometimes directing it actually. Maybe I'm wrong there. I don't know. Yeah, that's that wouldn't surprise me. But. The re- the tracking of this relationship drama, uh, excuse me, this relationship trauma, is really really interesting and really really well written and really well performed and very I think unique. Not to say that relationship trauma hasn't been covered obviously in episodic and films before. I mean we have entire fucking you know multi season ep- episodic programs about this, but mm-hmm. it's something about the way she's going at it is really really spectacular and, and special and I think worth watching. And it is kind of it is packed within other stuff that's not as good yeah but it was worth the ride to get to this place and i found myself tearing up a little bit which i never do Hmm. and found it to be really really upsetting but at the same time sort of spectacular moment so there's that it's really it's really one scene in particular that's that i am referring to but it's it all the other stuff around it has to happen to get to that one scene and one of the things that happens is a really atrocious evening that she spends with a man who uh, there's just no way that this isn't pulled from experience, at least to a certain degree, because mm-hmm. you just it's hard. I think it would be really hard for this to come to spring from imagination. It feels very rooted in reality and it's very upsetting, but also really, really interesting to watch. Um portrayed in this way because I think it's it's really honest and very brave to have explored some of the issues that are explored in this sort of two episode sure. thing. Anyway, I, I there I guess if you can't tell I'm recommending watching it. Okay. And with all of its misses, there are some hits. Yeah, I I would say that's kind of how I feel about Amy Schumer in general too. Yeah. Just hit or miss. Mostly hit, I would say. The majority uh, of the time, I'd say she hits for me, but when she misses, she 
misses. Yeah, I think I think probably more than some of her other stuff that you would actually really like this. So I'm recommending it to you because it also has some actors I think you'll take. Michael Sarah's in yeah, it. There you go. Yeah. Um, and, and he's I don't normally like him, and he's really enjoyable and fun in this, and and I think a good he's he's really sketched a, a good character. And there's some okay. there's some really fun unexplained, mostly unexplained humor. Like the first time she meets him, he comes out and he's holding a knife and he's kind of got blood all over his shirt, <laughs> and she's like what in the hell is happening here? And that's never really explained. You can kind of put two and two together later on, but it's those kind of things that don't, that are jokes that don't, that just are kind of question mark jokes, so to speak, that don't have a big punchline sure. are really fun, I think. And that happens several times in this. So I, right. I, I'm, I think you'd like it. Okay. And then finally, I'll tell you really quickly, I watched Barbarian. I took my kid, uh, my students on a field trip yes. and, uh, and we had a lot of fun at the movies. One of which told me the other day he did not have fun and did not like it. So I'll say my student Garrett did not like this film. Well, but, too scary? Uh, no, he just was like, this is stupid. Nah, um, but he just did. Good. He just shook his head at me. No, I don't like it. But I had a really good time seeing this, um, and I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Absolutely and enjoyable, and yeah, I yelled out a couple times, which is always a fun thing to do at the movies. Um, the scene, and I don't want to give too much away, but it's a scene involving measuring tape mm-hmm. um, yeah. that made me laugh just about harder than anything else I've seen in theaters this year. Um, and you'll know it when you see it if you haven't seen Barbarian yet. What part of the joys of Bar- one of the joys of Barbarian is going into it completely blind. And oh, agreed. Taking that ride because it goes to some pretty crazy places and some a few unexpected moments I didn't see coming that don't that pl- that that don't it doesn't follow every trope which I really appreciate. Yeah, and I also really like how much they threw Justin Long to the wolves. Oh my God, Justin Long is so good in Barbarian. Well, and it's he's I'm sorry, but I kind of hate. His face and sure, you but can he, go. You can go into this hating his face. He and is you are, cast perfectly. Yes, he's cast perfectly for that. Yes. So yeah, sorry for taking so much time no. with, uh, with these, but that's what I've been watching. What have you been watching? Well, I wanted to spotlight um, three films that I've seen in cinemas recently that I all, I recommend all three of them to varying degrees. Uh, the first that I want to recommend is a film that uh, we are playing at the Sidewalk Cinema imminently. So by the time you hear this. It may or may not still be playing, but in any event, I do recommend checking it out. And the film is Ruben Ostlin's Triangle of Sadness, Mm -hmm. the winner of this year's Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. It is a lengthy satire about life amongst the uber-rich and uh, amongst influencers and models and people who basically – trade uh, their looks as currency, right? And so the movie's kind of about that. Um, It's set mostly on a luxury yacht um, where these super rich folks um, have paid top dollar to have an ultra-luxurious uh, anything-goes sort of vacation. But what goes is is something goes wrong yeah. in this case. And Woody Harrelson's in this. That's Woody the Harrelson most familiar face is, probably, right? Uh, the captain. Yeah. Um, the lead is a guy named Harris Dickinson who's kind of an up-and-comer. If you saw Where the Crawdads Sing, he's yeah. the bad man in that and he's he's kind of got like bad man face but he's he's been in a lot of stuff especially recently um, but this is a, a funny um, pointed satire that, that does I think 
not really tread too much new ground, especially if you've seen things like HBO's The White Lotus, right? Or any number of other satires lampooning the uber-rich and famous. Um, this doesn't exactly say anything you haven't heard before, but... I think it's a good movie. It's definitely worth checking out. It has an extended gross-out sequence um, that is among the funnier things I think you'll see in a cinema um, this year. So cool. uh, worth seeing for that. And um, it does it does take some some pretty amusing plot twists that I won't really refer to uh, here. Well, to and you preserve know preserve the experience. I've been excited about seeing this. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. You were able to get out of town and catch it. We are going to be playing at the cinema, though, so I'll be able to catch it then. But as we move through the pandemic and Aaron and the place in, in the pandemic in which we are, and as we uh, he- sort of hurl head head first into a recession, uh-huh. uh, I feel like, and considering the political landscape, I feel like we're going to continue to see more and more of these kind of ether rich good <laughs> films uh, you already see that popping up in trailers here yeah. and there and i feel like this is going to be a theme that we're going to be face to face with for the next couple of years do you agree i agree strongly agree um and if they're you know if, if this trend is largely populated with movies that are as sort of viscerally effective as triangle of sadness it will it will be time yeah. well spent but yeah. we will see um the other two films i want to talk about are my two favorite movies of the year so oh, far. Oh, so um, everything, everywhere, all at once has been knocked off its block. It's been knocked off the the perch. I'm saying that title right. Yeah, sorry, Daniel. It it had been knocked off by Moon Age Daydream, and now Moon Age Daydream sadly has been knocked off its perch by Damn. these two. Um, my favorite movie of the year so far is Todd Field's Tar. Yeah, uh, starring Kate. No Blanchett. surprise though, right? I I was very excited to see this. Um, for a long time as a fan of Fields' previous films sure. uh, In the Bedroom and Little Children, which were years ago now. This is his first film in 16 years. And I mean, Kate Blanchett, you know, she's not one much of, of an actress or anything. One but. of the finest working actresses, yeah. debatably. I mean, if somebody came up to me and said, Kate Blanchett is the finest actor working today, I would nod and say that is a justifiable opinion. I yeah. don't know that I agree. I might agree. But that's certainly she's certainly in the conversation, right? She has to be. That would never be a fight in this room. No, and uh, this might be her best work ever. Oh, all right. Might be, and she's literally Carol in the movie Carol. So I'm right. not just right. throwing that out there lightly. We're not playing with that statement. No. Yeah. Um, this is a an icy, deeply provocative um, character study about the first um, female conductor at a major orchestra. She's the conductor of the Berlin Orchestra. Uh, This character, Lydia Tarr, not a real figure, um, a fictional figure. And yet the movie goes into insane detail about the classical music world. Um, What happens over the course of this movie, she is a very powerful figure. She commands a great deal of respect in her art form, um, but she also wields an inordinate amount of power. She can make or break careers um, for the people in her orbit. She is uh, a figure who must constantly be appeased. 
it's not giving too much away about this movie to say that Tar is a depiction of this figure's fall from grace yeah. in ways that are very relevant to the contemporary discourse. Gotcha. It is a it is a a treatise on power and how power can be corrupting and misused by people in power. Um you will see this movie referred to as a quote unquote cancel culture movie. Okay. I think that's a little reductive because it's not yeah, really about it like it. cancel culture, though it is, of course, discussing many of the topics uh, that have arisen as a result of the Me Too movement and of sure. so-called cancel culture. Um, so it is it is kind of locked into her perspective, and we are with this ultimately kind of honestly pretty unlikable character as she experiences this pretty substantial fall from grace and Kate Blanchett. Well, she's Kate Blanchett. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, um, Todd field is, is it makes a triumphant return behind the camera. You know, famously, if you recognize field, um, as an actor, you recognize him in all likelihood from playing Nick Nightingale in eyes wide shut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, as, as far as, acolytes of Kubrick go, you are going to see more than a few strands of Kubrick DNA in tar in the way this thing is shot and conceptualized. This is also a movie that respects its audience to piece things together. It is a movie designed to provoke conversation and it's, it's a movie that does not spoon feed its audience anything. I adore it. It is, it is, one of the most significant and towering pieces of cinema that I've seen, well, certainly this year. Um, cool. And it it not only lives up to the hype, it subverted and confounded nice. the hype in in ways that I found refreshing and really. Um, it's it's a really strange movie too. So that's what it, it you know. That's what reviews and trailers are all yeah. suggesting. I'm very excited for this. Oh, it rules. Oh, it rules. Um, you know, I, I I think that you will like it, but I think it will provoke some strong reactions from you. I'll put yeah, it yeah, that yeah. way. Okay. Um in in interesting ways. Yeah. Um because it is it is a it is a provocation in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, I generally like those, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, my second favorite movie of the year so far is Park Chan-wook's Decision to Leave, a South Korean romantic thriller slash police procedural from the director of Old Boy, Stoker, and The Handmaiden. This is, in fact, his first movie since The Handmaiden, so it's been a little while. Um, but it, it's a South Korea set thriller about a police inspector inspecting the suspicious death of a mountain climber. And he suspects the uh, Chinese born wife of this mountain climber may have been involved, but he also grows. um, Well, they, they both grow a certain attraction to one another in a kind of bizarre Hitchcockian Mm. sort of way. Um, Parks films, especially like the Re- the Vengeance trilogy that Old Boy is a part of, and and The Handmaiden are kind of known for this very florid, excessive uh, sex and violence, right? Um, but Decision to Leave 
tones that stuff down, it's still very visually inventive. It's still very captivating and strange in the way it's made. It's just not as explicitly violent to sort of draw more attention to the the bizarrely romantic heart beating at the center of this thing. And romantic is a very strange word to use in reference to this, especially considering where it goes, because this thing, uh, goes in some really bizarre and strange directions as it uh, approaches its ending. But as far as sort of thriller rides go, I just took this ride and and enjoyed it so, so much. Um, Park is one of the best directors in the world. Um, He's got an unusual eye. um, And the editing in this thing... Uh, it's it's very difficult for me to describe um, how this thing is put together. So I'll just say that um, the filmmaking behind it is top-notch and unusual and um, just bizarre in a lot of really fun ways that confound your expectations about this sort of movie. The performances are great. Everything about this is top-notch. It might be my favorite Park Chan-wook film. Uh, ultimately. And I do love The Handmaiden and Old Boy quite a bit. So I don't throw that around lightly either. Um, so yeah, that this one has been acquired by Mubi. It's in limited theatrical release yep. right now, but it should be available to stream oh. on the Mubi platform at some point, maybe by the end of this year, if not certainly the beginning of next year. So however you have the opportunity to see Decision to Leave, I strongly recommend checking it out so three really strong recommendations there yeah, here we go and um you know barbarian and the kardashians so you know i mean i also mentioned life and beth and life and beth that's true but, uh, I, I don't mean to take I, away from well, let, me, let me be clear i'm only recommending the kardashians if you're on a plane and that plane is going through some very rough air if you're on a smooth plane ride enjoy something else but if you feel like you're looking down the barrel at death, I think watching the Kardashians will somehow bring you a little bit of light and hope as you crash down and die. Thank you for. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to say the same thing you were going to say. What? We could have just ended on the Kardashians' death note. That's true. Anyway, thanks for listening. We are your own personal cinematic. Speaking of Kardashians and death, butterboard and corn ribs. What? (laughs) You didn't know about this? No. Okay, you know how we have cheese boards? Uh Uh-huh. And all those other little, you know, that's all. You sample little bits of butter? Butter and it's seasoned butterboards. It's a whole thing. This is a TikTok thing. I'm telling you, I I don't watch, I don't look at the TikTok. Do they give you bread uh, to put the butter on? Yeah, they do. Okay. They do. But I think some people are swiping and just eating the butter. Well, seasoning. I don't know about that, but if it's a a board with different butters and a nice basket of bread, oh man, that sounds good. Maybe you're into that. I have seen corn ribs. Um, I've had corn ribs. I have not. They're stupid. They're stu- just strips of corn I mean, stripped off get, the cob, remember right? That, remember that scene in Big where, where Tom Hanks gets the little tiny ear of corn and eats it like a corn? Yeah. That's what this is. Okay. This is like the scene in Big. It's a little bit bigger than the tiny corn, but you're still eating it off a little thing. It's so stupid. Why wouldn't they just give you a full cob? It's a great question. Because you, you still have to bite it. I can understand corn off the cob, but it's a little silly. Silly. So I would rather be the butterboard. 
I, we're gonna I guess we're gonna fight for that one. Yeah, I'll fight you for that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But you know, corn ribs. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Well, these are the TikTok food trends. Put some of that butter from the butter board on the corn ribs. Now you're yeah, talking. Yeah. These are the these are the TikTok food trum, trends of maybe six months ago. Even I, I'm behind the times with this. But. Hashtag full cob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't even follow that. Well, what do we say here? Oh, thanks yeah. to thanks to Revelator Coffee, who will sponsor, not serve you a butter board or corn ribs, but they will serve you delicious yeah, coffee. I don't think. And they've got, you know, the Birmingham Breadworks baked goods in the morning. So you stop in, you get yourself a, a croissant, you get yourself a, you a delicious iced latte if you're me. Take that bread home to be served with your butterboard. There you go. Um, and also thanks to our friends here at Boutwell Studios for putting this darn show together every week. Thanks, Brad. My Appreciate pleasure. that. Um, uh, at Sidewalk Film, SidewalkFest.com. Check out what we're showing. We're showing a lot of good stuff. Come see a movie with us. Bye. Boutwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.